Happy Monday to you and yours. I hope you had a good weekend. Mine was pretty solid. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football and ASU basketball to go along with it, and all presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor, hopefully someday official sponsor, Mooyah Billings. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, get you a burger. Get you a shake. Uh, the shake machine is up and running. I said that it was going to be up and running last Monday. It was. It was up and running a little bit later. But uh, I've gotten me two shakes since then. My mom has been, and she's gotten herself one. My niece has been, and she's gotten herself one as well. They uh, Rico says they've... Um, made over $3,000 in sales and shakes alone. So their shakes are good. If y- if you uh, can bet on anything, you can bet on that. I mean, either people really, really wanted a shake or they know Muya makes great shakes and they're really good. And still, yes, they really, really wanted a shake. So... You need to join in them and get you a shake as well. Um, if you're here in Billings, go to uh, the Billings location for Muya. If you're elsewhere, get you a shake from other Muya locations. Just get you something from Muya. That that's that's the most important thing. Support this business, and um, hopefully, I would love. Um, I would love to have a location, um, on the other side of town. I think that would absolutely explode in the Heights. That would be fantastic. Um, and I think I already have a great idea of where they can, a building that's already there, they can modify and change up or whatever. And, um, and uh, it, it is already in a great location. That would be that'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Hey, I hope you, you're doing good. Hope you had a good win- uh, Wednesday. Good weekend. And I hope your Monday was good. Um, I, uh, I had a, you know, classic weekend where I'm working on Saturday and then uh, church on Sunday. Um Almost everybody came. My mom was not able to come. She wasn't uh, doing too good after a week of physical therapy. Um, but she uh, um, was able to make it to, to lunch um, yesterday. And uh, so that was good. Uh, it's good to have my family join me there. And then, of course, uh, at, at church. Um, and... Uh, I love the response that I got from, um, that I got from, uh, my sister and, and Jeremy, they really enjoyed, um, they really enjoyed, um, being at the front row and, um, 
and how church was for them on the front row. Like they, they, they felt like it made a big difference and, you know, felt the energy. So they say, so that was, that was really cool and really exciting. And, um, that, that, that gets me fired up and, uh, I'm sure they're going to, um, give it a go again. Um, let's see. Don't know if I have any other major news from, from the weekend. It was just, it was just another good, good, solid weekend. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's about it. Uh, Diamondbacks one run away from sweeping the, uh, uh, Cincinnati, uh, Reds. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, that happened over the weekend. And so go ahead and uh, get ready to get into that. Uh, sound credits, um, dbacks.com for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's game. Um, azcardinals.com uh, gives us um, Jonathan Gannon um, after the game uh, against the Vikings. Uh, Clayton Toon and Jesse Locata, who had a fantastic game uh, on on Saturday. And then um, uh, Jonathan Gannon's uh, press conference from, from Monday. Um, and then also we have, you know, uh, highlights from the game, also from azcardinals.com. Uh, Arizona Sports, their YouTube page, uh, gives us uh, some a bit of Cardinals news that uh, happened uh, today, and then um, a little bit of reaction from uh, from that as well uh, on that same video, of course. Um, ASU, we will have ASU. We have uh, Jay Feely. He talks about um, Arizona State. Um, Coach De- Dillingham from Sunday's practice from Sun Devil Source. We have uh, um, gives us that, um, and then Sun Devil Source kind of breaks down a uh, some news, some ASU related news that we'll get to, and then uh, Monday press conference from Kenny Dillingham. So, uh, dbacks.com, azcardinals.com. Um, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, uh, their YouTube page, and then um, Sun Devil Source uh, gives us uh, today's uh, sound for today's show. Um, this is a Monday edition of uh, Big Sky Sports Talk. Uh, I think for now on, uh, after um, after I get off work, you can kind of expect me to do an episode and try to get it out as soon as I can. Um, some of you might be listening to it uh, this evening, and then you know others will be having it all day uh, tomorrow. So I think that's what I'm going to have to start doing because it, it you know, um, the the full time thing at work um, is, is something of a, a killer, and then I, you know I just. I can't uh, do it so um, late in the morning or early in the morning, depending on how you look at it. 
anymore. It's just rough. So I, I'm sorry to make that that change. I've, obviously, you guys have been used to it for a little while now, um, but I'm I'm making that official. So I'm sorry to uh, let you guys down. If you want to shoot me a message, you can you can and let me know how you feel. Maybe I can make some adjustments. And if you'd rather have it, you know, um, you know, early uh, in in the morning, or you know how I was doing it. Uh, before when I was working at FedEx um, where I would basically do it after work then and I was already up and awake um, you know you can let me know you can shoot me an email and let me know what you think um, BigSkySportsTalk at gmail.com you can direct message me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at BigSkySportsTalk um, and just kind of let me know that way if, if you like or you can comment on the episode itself when I post it or um you can, you know, on Spotify, it says, hey, how was the episode? Let us know. And, and there'll be, you can leave a message that way uh, if you'd like. You can always do that. Uh, we'll get into uh, some Diamondbacks up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the cheddar bacon barbecue burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. It has been an absolutely wild series between the Diamondbacks and Cincinnati Reds. One of which the um, Reds did win a game, but uh, Diamondbacks take the uh, the series. They, I think they they lose the uh, season series, but they they win this series, um, three games to four. Uh, we already had uh, talked about uh, Thursday's game. Uh, the three to two win, uh, so we pick things up um, where the Diamondbacks uh, played on Friday night, and uh, they had a they had a, a a lead majority of these games, and this game is no different. Where um, they had a lead, blew the lead, um, and then take the lead back. And they won 10 to 8, 18 runs between the two teams. It was uh, Brandon Fott's first win. He is 1 and 6 on the season, uh, 5 and 1 uh, third of an inning, th- giving up three hits, two earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts, 5.91 ERA. Uh, Bryce Jarvis uh, went, uh, what did he go? He went. 
uh, one in two thirds, uh, gave up three hits, two earned runs himself. Um, no, no walks, no strikeouts, 4.32 ERA. Mantiply went in an inning, uh, got a strikeout, 6.1, 7 ERA. Justin Martinez uh, went a third of an inning, um, and this is where the, uh, the lead slipped. He gave up two hits, four earned runs, one walk, one strikeout, and that ERA skyrockets back up to 14.63 ERA. Ginkle, thankfully, shuts it down, gets the last two outs um, on strikeout and uh, has a 2.19 ERA. Corbin Carroll goes uh, 0 for 2. Kittel Marte 0 for 2. Um, Tommy Pham 1 for 4. Christian Walker 1 for 3. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as a DH 1 for 5. Alec Thomas 2 for 5. Moreno 2 for 4. Jace Peterson 2 for 4. And Perdomo 1 for 3. Um, Diamondbacks 10 runs on 10 hits. No errors. Cincinnati 8 hits. Uh, or eight runs on eight hits and an error. And based off of that, you say the difference was the was the error, error because they both had the same amount of hits and runs, or the same, or the same amount of hits and runs uh, for the team. Obviously, you know, two more runs and two more hits for the Diamondbacks, but the error um, – uh, proves to make a big difference for the Reds, but the Diamondbacks able to hang on, and this is how it all went down uh, Friday night. Here's where we're at right now. The wild card standings at the start of play tonight. The Diamondbacks above the fold, if you will. You see where the Reds are. Again, this is a four-game series, and we're just at game two. And they rematch with Brandon Falk, the 24-year-old product of Bellarmine University. Took a no-hitter into the eighth inning in his last start. T.J. Friedel stands in to get things started for the Reds. Laps this one foul ground third base sign for Jace Peterson. Anyone hands it, that's one away. Now Matt McLean stands in. McLean hits a deep fly ball to center. Alec Thomas under the home run porch. Alec has got it. Boy, you just take for granted when it's out there that somehow Alec is going to get to it. Ellie De La Cruz stands in. Nobody on, two outs. They did that same thing last night. A line drive right to Kristen Walker. Three outs on seven pitches. Hunter Green ready to go on the slab for the Reds against Corbin Carroll in the leadoff spot tonight. First pitch to Carroll is whacked to center field. Well hit. Friedel going back near the track, but he'll put it away. One pitch, one out. There is Cattell Marte batting second in the lineup. Ground ball back up the middle. It'll be handled behind the bag by De La Cruz. The throw to first is in time to get Cattell Marte, and there are two outs. Tommy with a 14-game hitting streak, the longest active streak of the major. And it's a high chopper toward short. De La Cruz gets it. Flips it over to first in time for the out. Fams retired. And Hunter Green works a 1-2-3 first inning. Spencer Steer will stand in. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out. One of those left-handed bats for the Reds today, Nick Martini. 0 for 6 so far as Red does have a walk. Turned on and sky deep right. Carroll back all the way back at the fence. And that is gone. Martini's first hit as a member of the Reds is a home run, and it puts the Reds on top one to nothing. Now Christian Encarnacion Strand will stride to the plate with the Reds up one nothing. Drill to left center. 
That's down to base hit. Caught on the skip by Pham. Encarnacion Strand drive for two. Relay to second lane. Back-to-back extra base hits by the Reds. Reds are up one to nothing. Runner at second base with one out. Noel V. Marte coming to the plate. Bounce to shortstop. Perdomo looks in Encarnacion Strand back to the bag and gets the second out. Encarnacion Strand has to stay at second. And now Will Benson will come up. And that stays outside. Ball four. Maley always been a good backup catcher. Always done a good job and having a great year this year offensively as that guy that's not in there every day. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Second strike out of the inning. Second of the ball game for five. Christian leading the Diamondbacks in home runs, RBIs, and OPS. A little number gets by him. Nobody's home at first. Green can't get there. And Walker's aboard. Hunter Green did not play that very well as a pitcher. And now the batter is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. A breaking ball down and out of the zone. One away in the second, and that'll bring up Alec Thomas. Crack to right center. Benson breaks. He's got it. Runner more than halfway. Fire to first. Lee. Walker able to get back. Swing and a miss. Down on strikes. Gabriel Moreno. Nice job by Green. Works back after the infield single. And the side is retired in order for Brandon Flott. We go to the bottom of the third. one nothing Reds. Fam's going to bat with two on and two out of the inning. Tommy grounds it out his first time. Runners break. Marte in. Barehand throw. Got him. Outstanding play on the barehand by the rookie. Showing off his skills. How about that? Against Brandon Fott. Fott will face Steer Martini and Encarnacion. Way up in the air. High above left center for Fan. And that's five in a row set down by Brandon Fott. It'll bring up Nick Martini, who's responsible for the only Reds run to this point. This is slicing away from Fan near the line. Tommy has got it in fair territory. There's two outs in the fourth. Now Christian Encarnacion strands the batter with the bases empty and two away. 3-2 pitch and a swing and a miss. Font records only his third strike out of the night, his first since the second inning. But he gets the side in order, 1-2-3. Back-to-back, 1-2-3 innings for it. One away. That'll bring up Guriel Jr. And Guriel dunks it into center. Some Pena power. I like it. And he's going to head for second. A lazy throw back in there, and they gave Guriel an extra 90 feet. Yeah, let's see the Diamondbacks can take advantage of that now as they have a runner in scoring position, the tied run here. And here is Alec Thomas. Alec sends one out to right. This is going to get Gurriel home. Alec Thomas heads for second, and he's in there. We're tied at one. So you got two on now, and Jace Peterson, the getter, down the line, stay fair, and it is a fair ball. One is in. Here comes another runner around third. That's Moreno. He's going to score. Peterson's into third with a triple. And the Diamondbacks lead at 3-1. to one. And welcome, Jace Peterson. The bases are going to be loaded for Tommy Pham in the inning. And a ground ball. Base hit left field. Two more will score. Carroll follows Peterson to the plate. Tommy Pham make it 15 straight. And it's a five-run fourth for the D-backs. And Brandon Ford has retired 10 consecutive Reds. Looking for that first Major League win. Three outs on eight pitches. He leads it 5-1. Plane held to a single, but the Reds have a one-out base runner, and that snaps the string of 11 straight retired by Fought. And the first batter he gets is Ellie De La Cruz. And a bunt toward third in no man's land. Bunt base hit, Ellie De La Cruz. Take that exit velocity. No two men with excellent speed are on, and here's the Reds' top home run hitter and run producer, Spencer Steer. And a fly ball to left, right at fan for the out. And now there's two out. Nick Martinez is the hitter with two on and two out. Turned on a crank to right. 
for Martini. This one a three-run shot, and the Reds are right back in it. Like I said, he likes wearing that Viking helmet. Back-to-back walks, open up to six. The batter's going to be Marte. Can tell the bat left-handed. He's 0-for-1 tonight with a pair of walks. Sent in the air to center. Friedel angling in. Runners retreat. Friedel makes the grab. And did. And uh, that'll load him up. And here comes Walker. And a high pop-up on the infield. Backing out De La Cruz. And he gives, whoop, he catches the ball, now falls down. Here comes the runner to the plate, and safe. What is going on out there? Back-to-back -back singles to open up this inning against Kennedy for the D-backs. And the hitter is Jace Peterson. Squares up again, gets it down. Close at first, nice job, moves the runners along. Peterson advances the base runners to second and third, and Perdomo will now be the hitter. Pitch to him is hit to first, off the glove of the first baseman. They're not going to get him out. Everybody's safe. A run comes in to score, and it's 7-4 D-backs. They're loaded again. Diamondbacks seems like they've had the bases loaded all night long. Line right at Benson. Here comes Gabby. Perdomo tags as well, and it's 8-4. The RBI for Cattell Marte. Tommy Pham had the two-run single in that five-run Diamondback fourth inning. Two runs are in, runners in the corners now with two outs. Tommy Pham, it's a high fly ball to left field. Spencer Steer at the wall. It's gone. Tommy Pham has hit a home run. Adam Lawn is out of here. It's a home run as of right now. The Reds will probably challenge this. As it looked like a youngster with a glove may have reached over the yellow line. There is no doubt that's going to be interference, I got to believe. Actually, the ball looked to be in Steer's glove, and the fan took it out. After review, the call affected interference. Interference. The batter is out. And that is end of inning. And there are two outs in the inning as Thomas is safe on the fielder's choice. And here's Gabby Marino. Gabby, fair ball down the line. Thomas is on the move. Gabriel Moreno trying to drive in another run. And Gabby's headed for third. He's got the RBI triple. And the Diamondbacks lead at 9 to 4. Chase Peterson's up with a runner at third and two out. And a shot to right. That's going to get down. And it gets by Benson all the way to the wall. In the scores, Moreno. And he'll be in there at third base, driving in another run to make it 10 4 Diamondbacks. And the Reds have loaded the bases here in the ninth inning to give themselves a chance at some noise. Now Will Benson will stand in. Crack to center. Ho -ho. Thomas going Ho -ho. back. Way back. That is gone. A grand slam. It's a two-run game in the ninth. And they're one out away. Ball game. Nice. It was a wild night in the desert, but in the end, the Diamondbacks prevailed 10-8 over the Reds. A wild night is an understatement for that game. You heard um, Steve Berthume say the Diamondbacks you know, felt like they had you know uh, the bases loaded a lot. Well, there was um, nine walks between the three pitchers for Cincinnati. So a lot of uh, base runners just off of walks alone. Then you had that fan interference that would have put the Diamondbacks up 11 to 4 because it would have been a three run home run that was erased due to fan interference. Um, and then that grand slam brings them within two, but the Diamondbacks are able to hang on. It was just unbelievable how 
that game went down. And we go to Saturday, and uh, Diamondbacks lose on a balk in, in, in extras. That's not why they lost, but they, you know, it, it scored the eighth run for Cincinnati. Diamondbacks lose 8-7. And so another game that was absolutely insane. Uh, Zach Davies went for uh, the Diamondbacks um, and uh, activated off the injury list. Uh, went five innings, gave up five hits, only one earned run, um, and uh, two uh, walks, uh, five strikeouts. So not bad, not bad at all for his return. Uh, has a 6.93 ERA. McGuff went an inning, walked two, has a 4.40 ERA. Uh, Nelson went one inning, um, all zeros across the board, 3.19 ERA. Ginkle went an inning, gave up one hit, one earned run, one walk, and one strikeout. A 2.32 ERA, ERA. And Seawald struggled. Could not shut it down. Only gets through two-thirds thir- uh, of an inning. Gives up two hits, two earned runs, one walk. Um, and a 3.25 ERA. Mantiply has to come in and uh, close uh, finish that inning. And, um, and he does. He pitches a third of an inning. Uh has a 6.08 ERA on the season. And then Castro, um, unfortunately, reverts back to his old self. Doesn't even get through the inning. Uh, gives up three hits on two earned runs. Uh, has a 5.37 ERA. And then uh, um, Chris Matt, uh, the rookie. No, no, he's not a rookie. He's not a rookie. He is, let's see, he just... Um, Got to the Diamondbacks um, on that, I believe, on that trade. Um, but he actually still might be a rookie. I'm trying to find out or not, but I, I can't. I can't uh, find that out. Um, he's actually the one that uh, gets called for the balk, and um, it uh, doesn't go down as an earned run. Uh, he pitches two innings. Gives up two hits um, and strikes out three. He has an 8.31 ERA. It does not go down as an earned run because of the Manford man. Uh, Seawald uh, technically gave up two earned runs, but I think it was uh, three or four that he actually gives up. But, again, the Manford man. Same with Castro. I think he there's four, three or four earned runs, uh, or what would be three or four earned runs, but it's unearned. Uh, one unearned and two earned um, is kind of what makes the the difference. Um, so uh, uh, Chris Matt um, gets tagged with the loss, and um, Cincinnati gets the uh, win after uh, eleven innings. And uh, here here's how it all went down. It's Corbin Carroll Palooza here today. The bobblehead handed out. They're packed up. There's about 200 Corbin Carroll jerseys walking around. Well, and they get a boost to the rotation today with right-hander Zach Davies out there. Limited to a dozen starts this year because of injuries. Zach tonight off the injured list and making his first appearance since July 18th. T.J. Friedel will walk up to the batter's box and lead things off. Ring and a miss. 
The Davies fastball, you said that was the pitch to watch for. Well, I think that's going to be a key to set up his off-speed stuff. Now Matt McClain will stand in. Smoked into center field, and that's down for a base hit in front of Alec Thomas. So McLean has the Reds' first hit tonight, and it's a one-out single here in the first inning. Kayla Cruz has hit a few line drive rockets around the field, but most of them right at D-back defenders, notably Christian Walker down there at first. <laughs> one to the count on De La Cruz, and they got him picked off. Walker drops the ball, and the throw to, it hits the runner, and it'll be safe at second base. Oh, boy, that hurt. Davies had Friedel dead to right, but Walker, when he went to throw the baseball, dropped it. Still had time to get Friedel, who had stopped, but then he hit him in the back. And the one-two pitch now to De La Cruz, and he struck him out on a high fastball. Well, the two strikeouts for Davies have been on high fastballs. That one hit 90. De La Cruz walks back to the dugout. Spencer Steer, bounce cleanup. Another Reds rookie. Popped up. Christian Walker calling for it. Two strikeouts and three outs for Zach Davies. And his Corbin Carroll bobblehead night, and he's at the top of the Diamondback lineup tonight. Here's a 1-1 to him. And a shot to right down the line. And that is a fair ball that is in the corner. Over to get at the right fielder, and Carroll turns second. And look at him busted for third. He'll slide in safely with a triple. And listen to this crowd. Oh, you got to love that. Off the bat, Corbin Carroll knows this is a triple right here. He sees that this has triple written all over it. The throw actually misses the third baseman, hits Tony Perez Chica in the leg, and keeps it from being a potential inside the Parker. 2-2 now on Walker with two outs. Carroll down to third yet. And the pitch gets away. Carroll will score, and the Diamondbacks get the lead. Well, you'll take it any way you can get it. And Carroll's ability to get to third base helped on that one. It was not caught by Stevenson. Carroll scores the first run of the ball game. one nothing D-backs. Payoff. Struck him out. And now here comes Christian Encarnacion Strand. And the pitch and a swing and a miss. Came back with the same pitch. Same result. A swinging strike. And that's the third strikeout for Davies. 21-year-old third baseman, Noel De Marte. Here's a one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Marte down on the changeup. Four strikeouts for Davies. Zach Davies, 58 pitches through four. Here's the next one. And a swing and a miss twice now. He's got Marte on changeups. And that's out number one. And for Davies, that's his fifth strikeout of the ballgame. Two gone. Here's Tyler Stevenson. Driven to left. Guriel extends and he misses. Kicks to the wall. Stevenson up to second. He's going to turn and try for three. The Reds catcher slides in with a triple. Guriel did not get a clean read on the ball off the wall. And Tyler Stevenson grabs three bags. The tying run is 90 feet away. Leadoff man T.J. Friedel. 2-2. On the ground, there's another ground ball out for Zach Davies. And he strands that two-out triple. Five scoreless for Zach coming off the injured list. And he holds a 1-0 lead. Well, you can tell just walking around the ballpark and outside the ballpark, this kid has captivated this fan base. Gets ahead 2-0 and drives it the other way. Steer in pursuit, and it's off the wall. Hosey's headed for third. He'll stop there. Corbin Carroll's got the double. Now remember, it was Marte who hit the home run off lively when they saw him at Cincinnati earlier this summer. Now he gets lively in his third at bat and sends it deep to right field. Cattell Marte, goodbye. He homered off lively earlier this summer, and he's got him again. Christian Walker has struck out twice, and just like Cattell Marte facing his third different pitcher in his third at bat. 
Christian gets into one deep to center field. Cradle won't get it. It's off the wall. Walker's at second. He's headed for third. It's been a series of triples, and there's one more. And Friedel is down. He hit that wall pretty hard. Well, you mentioned earlier Christian driving the ball the opposite way. He suddenly saw the wall and had to hit the brakes. Unfortunately, it looks like Friedel will be able to stay in the game. Here is Lourdes Guriel Jr. To left center, Steer changes his angle. Friedel crisscross, he gets there. McLean is singled. He has bounced into a double play. Davies, one and five, a 7.380 RA coming in, and this ball is cranked. Deep right field. Go Back on. is Carroll at the wall, gone. Matt McLean with an opposite field home run out of here to right. For McLean, that is his 16th home run of the year, and it gets the Reds on the board. Now the tying runs are on base with one out. The batter is going to be Noelvi Marte. Duff desperately needs a double play ball right here. And this might be it. Walker for one. McGuff got it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Here's Cattell Marte. He has had the biggest swing of the bat in this ball game. On the ground right side. Diving snag. McLean gets up, throws on the first. <laughs> And he will cut him down. Another nice defensive effort from the Reds' young second baseman. De La Cruz steals third. Two men are out, and here's Nick Martini. Sent to right center, base hit. De La Cruz jogs home. Martini gets the Reds a second score. Now Tyler Stevenson's up. Runner at third, one out. Line to right, base hit. Marte scores. Extra bases for Stevenson. It's a one-run game. The tying tally in scoring position. Now the tying run 90 feet away. The go-ahead run down at second. And Matt McClain coming to the plate. Tapper, Siani breaks. Backhand, pump, flip to first. Tie game. McClain out at first base. Siani scores. Friedel to third. And it's even at four in the ninth. I think with the go-ahead run down there at third, the batter will be the switch-hitting rookie, Ellie De La Cruz. This is hit deep to left field. Guriel to the wall. And Lourdes has got it. Oh, boy. So it's 4-4. Guriel, the last line of defense. Bottom nine coming up. Two away. Here's Jose Herrera. High in the air right field. Benson. Free baseball out west. Spencer Steer, the Reds' top run producer. Sent to center. Thomas streaking back. It's over his head and off the wall. Green light De La Cruz. He scores the Reds' first lead of the night. Martini, a strong night. That's crushed to right. That's another run. Steer the windmill. He scores. That's skipped over. Back to back, two baggers for the Reds. Can the Reds continue to tack on? That is smoked over second base hit. Hopkins scores. Three straight run scoring hits and a 7 4 lead for the Reds. Perdomo will lead it off against Alexis Diaz, their closer. Perdomo knocks it into center. Herrera had to hold up. Tony Parachica going to send him home. And that's a good start. Tommy tonight 0 for 4. Little squirter to second. Oh. That goes through McLean's legs. Perdomo will score. Corbin Carroll's into third. And the Diamondbacks are still alive here. Matt McLean just missed an absolute cookie. You thought last night was crazy. <laughs> Fly ball to center. Friedel wants it. Here comes Corbin. And we're tied. They have answered back again. Friedel to third and holding. 
A bark! And the Reds lead! A bark on Chris Mann! And the Reds on top, 8-7! The Reds are an out away from winning a wild third game. The 2-2 pitch to Herrera. Struck out! And the Reds win it in 11! Absolutely insane uh, game, as I said. Two back-to-back games that, that it was just crazy. They, they, you know, Reds win on a balk, as I said. It was um, Corbin Carroll, two for three. Uh, Cattell Marte went one for uh, four with that home run. Uh, Tommy Pham, 0 for five. Christian Walker, two for four. Lourdes Guerrero, 0 for five. Alec Thomas, 0 for four. Jace Peterson, 0 for five. Herrera, one for five. And Perdomo, two for four. You have a um, Reds player gets hit. Um, in in the in the back, uh, because Christian Walker uh, was trying to come up with the ball after uh, a Zach Davies attempt to pick off move. Runner takes off for second, and on his way to second, gets hit in the in the back, and then um, Paris Chica, the third uh, base coach for the Diamondbacks gets hit in the leg on a relay throw to third. Um, you have the balk and then, uh, Cincinnati eight runs on, uh, 13 hits, three errors, and they win the game and diamondbacks have seven runs on eight hits. Um, and no errors, (laughs) just crazy, crazy game. Uh, now we go, to uh, Sunday and a much more uh, decisive uh, win after a crazy game the the night before. McGuff with the win um, after uh, Slade Ciccone goes five and two-thirds, gives up three hits, only one earned run, and strikes out, striking out five, has a 2.57 ERA, Mantiplied two-thirds of an inning, one earned run, one walk and a strikeout, 6.29 ERA. McGuff, one and two-thirds, giving up one hit, striking out three, a 4.29 ERA. And then Thompson uh, gets a strikeout, goes one inning, has a 5.79 ERA. Uh, Ryan Thompson is is the, uh, is the the um, was the pitcher. Um, I'm unfamiliar. I think he came over. He's the one that came over in a, in a trade as well. I do believe. Um, but I don't know a heck a lot of, a lot about him, but he, he, uh, shuts it down and, and gets the win. Um, yesterday diamondbacks get five runs on eight hits, no errors. Cincinnati two runs on four hits, no errors. And, uh, like I said, McGuff with the win. And here is how, uh, yesterday's game goes down a 5-2 uh, victory for the Diamondbacks and uh, um, win the series. Final of a four-game set. Big game today in the wild card standing. Half game back for the third wild card spot of Arizona. They could leapfrog them today. Played very effective in the win here Monday over the Rangers. Coming on to start the third inning and pitched all the way through the seventh. Lifted to left. Tommy Pham coming on. Won't get there. 
There's a leadoff hit for Friedel and the Reds. And the runner not going, and a swing and a miss. He got him. Well, he mentioned not a big strikeout guy, Sigoni, but his second batter of the ballgame, he gets a strikeout. And chase that fastball up and away. Slade finally wore him down. He gets his second strikeout. Friedel takes off on the 3-2. Steer skies it to shallow left center. Alec Thomas is there. Hey, it is Graham Douglas Ashcraft. The numbers have been up and down, but manager David Bell says, and he's right, that Ashcraft has been on a roll for the Reds lately. He's pitched well. The 1-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Good breaking ball down and in, and Corbin Carroll is down on strikes. Floats to De La Cruz. Tommy starts a new hitting streak. He belts it into center, a two-out single. Right back to Ashcraft. Can't handle McLean's scoop. Throw. What a recovery. Backing up his pitcher. Nick Martini, the DH, leads off the red second against Slade Ciccone. What an at-bat here. Slade Ciccone's got that frustrated look. Hit it at somebody, will you? What do I got to throw this guy? He's about to throw pitch number 14 in this A-B to Nick Martini. And he finally wore him down. And look at the reaction from Slade Ciccone. How about that for Slade? And as Martini was walking back to the dugout, he literally tipped his cap. You'd like to see uh, Ciccone have some real short pitch innings. He's had to work really hard through the first two. There's a bunt. It's a good one. Marino gets out, throws. Oh, Got him. What a yeah. play. Oh, what a play by Gabby Marino to get Friedel. Friedel looks back in disbelief. Says, there's no way you got me. Corbin Carroll struck out his first time. One out, bottom of the third. And Corbin swings, and it's trying to get down into center field. A little bloop, and it drops in front of T.J. Friedel for a one-out single. Monte at the plate. He lined his shortest first time up. And the first one is ripped and fair yeah. down the line and right. Carroll will turn second, head to third. Benson over to get the ball. Carroll around third. He'll come to the plate and score RBI double by Marte. And a 1-0 Diamondback lead. Popped high into the air. Dead center field. Friedel has it measured. Marte is tagging. He will hold it second. Two down. Grounded sharply to first. Handled by Encarnacion Strand. And the inning is over. But the Diamondbacks have played the game's first run. Slade Ciccone looking for his first career win. He's retired the last 12 Reds batters he's faced. Well, here goes Martini again. Corbin Carroll backing up to the track, to the wall, and he's got just enough room. Line to right. Corbin Carroll broke in, now backpedals. And he's got it for out number two. Shattered the bat. Popped up first base side, and Walker's got it. Corbin Carroll stepping in. He got struck out, singled, and scored. Those triples in the series. One more triple, and we'll uh, set a record here. I like it. 0 2. Lift it out to center, it backs up Friedel, still backing up, backing up to the wall, and it's off the wall, and here goes Corbin, go, Corbin, go! They're going to send them all the way around! De La Cruz from short, his throw to the plate, the tag, they got him! Carroll tried to come around, and the Reds' defense up to the task! Friedel, De La Cruz, dead at home plate, on the tag from Stevenson, a dynamite play! The throw from Ellie De La Cruz was 99.7 miles an hour and on the money. Lawrence been two times through the lineup and then he's pulled. We'll see how much more they give him here. Will Benson, first pitch, driven to right. And in the wake of a huge defensive play, there's the second hit for the Reds all game. The first since the leadoff single began the game. Bounced right side. And here come the Reds. 
Benson through second. He'll challenge Carroll. Throw to third. Late. Another knock for Stevenson. First to third. Benson. Men at the corners. Nobody out. Back-to-back -back singles have snapped the string of 15 in a row. Retired. Sent to center. Thomas coming in. Will they test a medium center? Makes the catch. Tag at third. Throw to the plate. It kicks off the mound. Benson slides home. Sack fly RBI. Tied at one. A one two to McLean. Right there. Ring him up and sit him down. Five strikeouts for Ciccone. He's not going to get his first major league win, but boy, tip of the cap to the young man who was outstanding here today. A lot of pats on the back. Here they go, Stevenson. Dana Cruz takes a big hack at a changeup and strikes out to the plate and that's going to miss outside and the Wrens have a leadoff base runner in Spencer Steer. Senzel bidding for another one it backs up Corbin Carroll to the track he's got room in front of the wall Steer will tag up and head for second and he's in there standing up. Last night the Reds trailed four nothing after five the rally doesn't happen unless Ellie De La Cruz who had walked tagged from first to second on a deep fly ball out this inning tied at one Spencer Steer took second on a fly ball out grounded to third it gets through windmill on for Steer fam from left eats it Steer scores Reds lead Noel B. Marte with the go ahead poke Graham Ashcraft six strong on just 74 pitches Ashcraft has gone seven or more innings five times this year Guriel two outs in the air he's fly to right popped to second down there in Stark Vegas Guriel launches one a towering fly ball to left and we are tied that's number 20 for Lourdes some Pena power and it's two to two Lourdes knew it right away I mean he barrels up a 93 mile an hour fastball he knew it he knew it Ashcraft trying to get through seven Ball four, two on walk. That's his first base on balls. Perdomo coming up. And Ashcraft doesn't like it. I mean, he doesn't want to come out of anything. So pitching change for the Reds. Ashcraft lifted, tied at two. Half-hearted stroke. Cutter strikes him out. Okay, here we go again with the Cincinnati Reds. All these games have been close late. And he's on board to start the eighth. There's a go-ahead run. Only three rookies have ever had a 2040 season. 20 homers and 40 steals. Tommy Agee, Mitchell Page, and Mike Trout. And there he goes. He got a big jump. Corbin Carroll has it. 40 stolen bases for the rookie. Back-to-back nice. -back walks open up the bottom of the eighth. But Reds pitchers have now walked four in the last five Diamondback hitters. They're loaded for Christian Walker. Christian has a chance to unload the bases. Fly ball to center. Friedel in front of the warning track has room. Corbin Carroll's at third. Cattell Marte into third. Walker delivers, and it's 3-2 Diamondbacks. Four of the last five, four of the five hitters in this inning have walked. And Longoria gets a chance for the bases full. Longo skies it. High in the air left field steers out there Martez at third and Cattell is coming home. Here's the throw he's in there. Well it's not sexy but it's effective it's four to two. Alec De La Cruz won't get there. Here comes Tommy Pham he will score. Gurriel's into third. 
And it's five to two. A three run eight. Two. Oh, this be a big game to win as we mentioned earlier. The Cubs have already won. The Marlins have won. The Giants play later tonight against the Atlanta Braves. Big game to win. Tap to shortstop. Perdomo's got it. And the Diamondbacks have got the series win. And they have won 12 of their last 15 games. Very impressive to win uh, 12 of the last 15 after the stretch of trash baseball in 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 July. Um, uh, Corbin Carroll went two for three in that in that game. One uh, for three for Cattell Marte. Tommy Pham two for three as well. Christian Walker 0 for three. Lourdes Gurriel is a DH one for three. Longoria one for three. Jace Peterson had it in a bat, but nothing doing. Um, Alex Thomas one for four, Gabby Moreno 0 for three, and Perdomo 0 for three. Um, that is uh, everything. Uh, well, hold on, not everything. Diamondbacks. We'll go ahead and update you on the uh, standings. They are 69 and 62 on the season. 12 games back of the Dodgers in second place. Uh, one and a half games up on. The Giants, uh, eight and two in their last ten. Yard herded twelve in uh, uh, of their last fifteen. Um, a winning, a one game winning streak. And as far as wild card goes, they are in the playoffs with the third wild card spot, and they are three and a half back from the first wild card spot, and a half game back from uh, the Cubs for the second spot. And one and a half games ahead of the Giants for the third spot, and uh, they their next series is against those Dodgers. And in fact, it uh, starts tonight here in an hour and ten minutes of this recording. Um, it will be Zach Gallen against Bobby Miller, the right-hander against right-hander. Um, and I believe this is the last series against these Dodgers. So if you want to try to win the pennant, you have to sweep these Dodgers and then hope that you can win um, a lot of games um, in September and hope the Dodgers lose some games in September for you to take the pennant. So uh, a big, big three-game series on the road against the Dodgers to wrap up this month of August. Can the Diamondbacks do it? I guess we will uh, see. We'll go ahead and get into some uh, Cardinals, a lot of Cardinals to get into, but uh, I was uh, happy to spend about 40 minutes of, of Diamondbacks because it was a big series. Could have got a sweep, but a series win was just as important. Uh, especially when it comes to this wild card race. Dime, or, uh, not Diamondbacks. Cardinals are up next on Big Sky Sports. Before we get into the big news of the day, we got to talk about the game that was a third and final preseason game, and the uh, Cardinals pull out the win, a uh, one-point win, 18-17 to 17 over... The Vikings, Vikings go 0-3, and, and the Cardinals go 2-1 in preseason. David Blau, 11 of 22, 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Corey Clement, 
14 carries, 79 yards. Um, Davis, three receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then a uh, bunch of players that I don't really know a whole lot about Minnesota, but um, Cardinals had 18 first downs, six from passing, eight from rushing, and four from penalties. They were 4-15 on third down and one for one on fourth down. Uh, Minnesota, 17 first downs, uh, nine from passing, seven from rushing, and one from penalties. They were uh, two of 12, absolutely terrible um, from third down. Cardinals not much better at the four and 15. And then 0 for one on fourth down. 69 total plays for the Cardinals at uh, 297 yards, 13 drives, 4.3 yards per play. Um, Vikings 60 plays for 249 yards, 12 total drives, and 4.2 yards per play. Um, Cardinals 4.4 yards per pass. Uh, same with the Vikings at 4.4. Um, uh Cardinals, two sacks, 20 yards, and um, Vikings, six for 34. Rushing yards for the Cardinals, 4.2. Vikings, 3.9. Red zone efficiency, Cardinals were one for three. Vikings were two for three. Um, Cardinals have five penalties for 45 yards, and... um, the Vikings had six for 45 yards. Both teams had turnovers, um, one by interception for uh, the Vikings and one via the fumble for the Cardinals. 33 minutes right on the dot of time of possession for the Cardinals and 27 minutes right on the dot for the Vikings. Um, before we get into Jonathan Gannon after the game, we will uh, hear how the game went down and it will start with um, the Vikings on the move, and the I believe it is a Vikings touchdown uh, is our first highlight. Hall, McBride, touchdown! Right up the middle. And the Minnesota Vikings take the ball march down the field impressively and take a 6-0 lead way to finish it off too and it's again paul it's on the ground it's getting getting first yard he goes out of the shotgun two receivers left one right blitz hit sack wow fumble holy cow the vikings got the ball first and goal from the five yard line Jay Ward and what they're what they're capable of when they decide to get aggressive first and goal Hall short drop looks left throws left caught touchdown Abram Smith a five-yard touchdown Abram Smith's first touchdown wearing the colors and the Vikings have exploded to a 13-0 lead 75 yards combined on the ground through the air get the touchdown defense goes out there causes a turnover next play put the ball in the end zone for another touchdown so this this group right here that's on the field right he took the ball Jay Ward came blitzing in and smacked him for a strip sack Vikings score to play later so Toon's gonna go with a deep shot left side it's caught by Greg Dorch at about the 46 yard line 26 yard hit first down Cardinals 
38-yard drive. Matt Prater, 17th year Central Florida. Snap spot, and Prater's kick splits the uprights, and the Cardinals have scored. He's one of the defensive tackles on second and 15. Is tuned from the shotgun. He'll throw over the middle. He hung it up there, and it's caught. Boy, that was an interceptable pass, but Blake Whitehart... You know, we got a fan question. One of the fan questions posted, uh, this is from Skull underscore Troy. He says, who's been the best pass rusher that you've gone against so far in your young career? And Sokol, those guys have an opportunity to make this team. Vikings one of four on third down. Jaron Hall with a straight drop. Jaron Hall to the turf. Cards one of five on third down. This is third and ten from their own 20. Trailing 14-3. Final preseason game. Tune is able to get away from the pressure for a second. But he then is taken down and sacked. Ross Blacklock, fourth year TCU. And he's to the left of Jaron Hall on third down. Cardinals rush four. The BYU rookie on a straight drop. Looks right. Pop sees nothing. And tries to run out to the right side. And he cannot get away from on-charging Cardinals. Through his first National Football League touchdown. Takes the snap on second and six. Throws over the middle. Caught Tristan Jackson coming left to right. Minute to go. Vikings have three timeouts remaining. Jared Hall steps up sweetly in the pocket. Throws left. Caught Blake Kroll at the 18. Rolls out of bounds. But he was down first. So the clock continues to run. His dad tried to teach him, you know, you don't need to play football. You get too beat up. Try something else. And there goes Kroll in motion. Jared Hall smacked at the nine as he tried to scoot up the middle. Oh, he was hit, and he was hit hard, Jaron Hall. Joseph, 5 of 5 on field goals this preseason. Snap spot, make it 6 of 6. Frank Joseph knocks it through. There's a kid inside of me that's incredibly, just can't believe that he gets to meet these people and, and share an organization with them. Third down, Blau throws up a punch, and former Viking Davion Davis comes down with it. Touchdown Arizona Cardinals, it's 17-9. And along with Ryan, you've just assembled such a wonderful staff uh, full of very smart people. Well, what'd you think of that story? It's an incredible story. Well, at least you can leave your mark on the NFL. <laughs> Jaron Hall from the shotgun on third down, third and six. Cardinals rush four. Hall encountered. Hall is sacked. Dean Lowry's a big reason why those guys were able to do what they did. And so we're gonna we're gonna need him shoring up the run defense is absolutely something yeah, we that's could, a priority. And we could use him right now. Holy cow with this Corey Clement the last couple of years. Now he's their head coach. Blau on a run pass option. He'll keep it and he'll walk into the end zone. And the new daddy just scored on a five-yard touchdown. It's 17-15. The open field that you need to make and you, you expect Gervas to be able to bring down a quarterback in space and that's the matchup you want um, like this would probably be his favorite thing be like water um, and especially right now you know more or less we've been talking about pass rushing just you know helping out each other and the guys and he's always like you know snap spot Prater cards lead Jaron Hall has led the Vikings to the Cardinals 49 until that play when he was sacked. Jaron Hall sacked, uh, which was last year. He also was solid. So big things are expected from K.J. Osborne this year as Hall threads the needle beautifully to Jacob Copeland. 
on second and 17 for a Vikings first down. Snap spot. Joseph. Ton away. And Greg Joseph, no good. Um, let's see. Where are we going now? Oh, uh, let's go to... Uh, da, 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 da. I mentioned that uh, Jesse Lakeda had himself a pretty uh, solid uh, game. We'll hear from him in a, in a bit, uh, in in a bit, in a minute. Uh, but I do kind of want to read about what um, what he did. And so you had, um, let's see, do 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 do. I, I want to say he had some rushing yards at uh, at one time. I thought uh, he did not. Okay. Uh, so Jesse Lakeda. Where is he? Do 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 do. Because I heard about the game he had, and I seen seen the stats. I wanted to try to read them off, but I am for whatever reason not. Uh, finding what I want to find. Um, uh, Corey Clement haven't had a great game as well. Uh, where is Jesse Lakeda? Do 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 do. I don't know why I'm not finding. It. I'll have to go to the Cardinals um uh Facebook page um because we'll hear. Uh, from Lakeda, and I want to kind of talk about what he he did. He had um we had a, a snap at linebacker, uh, fullback, and of course some special teams. Um, and I want to say um. He had a uh, a sack, but like I said, I, I don't know why I could not find his uh, stats, but he, he had himself a pretty good game kind of all around. Here is uh, Jonathan Gannon real quickly after uh, the game. Yeah, we like Josh. Um, just added another piece, and uh, just I feel like it's uh, we'll continue to evaluate as we move forward and go from there. We'll see. No starters named. Uh, they'll fight. What, uh, what did you like out of Zach McLeod? Like yeah, has he had really good energy since he's got here uh, this week? You know, he wants to he wants to play football and. Showed some good things today. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we, we put a lot on his plate. He responds. He wants to play football. He loves being out there with his teammates. Versatile piece for us. Uh, we'll see. we got to see what the what the medics say. But uh, Gaines, he had a little bit of a knee, I think. Daly had a ankle. Um, Arias, had a, he went in the protocol. He got knocked on the one. So we'll see how we go here through the next week. Yeah, it's a good question. He, he's played a lot of football, and he's been in a system similar to ours. So we'll see as we get going. Did you like the, how Clayton took another step today? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, the one, 
the strip sack fumble. That was a big play in the game. And then next play out, he throws an explosive to Doors. So I like how he had a quick memory. Um, you know, he responded the right way. I think we scored a field goal on that drive, let us down there. But um, they took a step forward. Yeah, they care. They care. So it tells me that we got uh, the makeup that we want in that locker room. Yeah, we'll go through all the tape from all of uh, camp and then got to start making decisions here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously I lean on money, but we're going to do what's best for the team and uh, talk to everybody involved with that, talk to the players and uh, make the decisions based on that. We've got a long way to go. Got to get better and got to learn and uh, keep taking steps forward if we want to be competitive on game day. No, we'll get that corrected. So in the, in the middle of, of that, you heard him talk about uh, he's a versatile piece for us. He likes to be on the field. He likes football. That 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 is his comment about Locata because, like I said, we Locata did a lot full you know fullback, a uh, linebacker. Um, he was you know uh, some snaps at special teams, a little bit everywhere. And it's interesting. He said he's a versatile piece for us. I wonder if that's a foreshadowing of what's to come for Locata. Just kind of. Been anywhere and everywhere, and uh, we'll hear from him in a second as on how he feels about how he did. But um, we'll uh, cl- uh, hear from Clayton Toon um, in front of his locker real quick. Yeah, the O line protected well. Receivers made plays, so that was good, good performance. I know that coach has been very close to us in terms of how all the quarterback stuff is going to. I mean, you don't have to say what he said to you, but like, do you guys have a better understanding, or is it as vague to you as it is to the world? Uh, it's as vague to me. Yeah, it's as vague to me. Um, you know, my job is just to to show up every day and get better and execute and um, operate the offense. Do you feel like you're a better quarterback than you were? Five weeks ago? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've learned a lot, grown a lot, um, you know, just continue to learn each day that goes by. Maybe a lot of rookies don't get as many snaps and opportunities in the preseason for you. I mean, just to have all of that, what did that mean to you? It was awesome. You know, it was, it was very valuable reps. Um, you know, I was really happy to get in there and get those game, those live game reps, um, see different coverages, see different pressures, that type of stuff. So it was, you know, awesome. Um, you know, I just don't really focus on anything other than you know what I can control and what I can do to make myself a better player. Clayton, what did you show the staff today that you liked? Um, you know, ability to bounce back. Um, you know, I made a couple mistakes early on and then bounced back and you know found some completions um, and continue to move the ball forward. Definitely, yeah. Dort Dortch is awesome. He's super explosive and great playmaker. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to um, Jesse Lakeda. So we've seen you play fullback, linebacker, special teams. Quarterback next? I'm gonna keep it to exactly what coach just wants me to play fullback, defense, and just try to be a, you know the best team player I could be. What's it like learning all those positions? Uh, it's tough, but you know, just a little discipline uh, makes it a little easier. Just make sure I got my defensive fronts right, and then from then on, you know, I get with Drew, offensive side, and let me know what I got to do and I execute it. So when they told you you're going to play fullback, what was your reaction? 
I gotta study. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that came into mind. So I got the plays and just, you know, took it there, started studying, and I went out there, felt comfortable, and just executed it. What do you think you showed in this camp to, to make this roster? Uh, versatility, uh, team first mindset, um, just what I'm about, what I embody, uh, trying to find a role on this football team to help us towards winning, and honestly, just you know, find a role on this team so we could you know, come together as a collective and move forward. How different is linebacker and forward? Uh, it's not that different. You know, they tell me to go seek and destroy. Hit the first thing that pops up, so you know I have no problem with that. Yeah, I guess I mean, late round pick, seventh round pick, to still be here and make, trying to make this team. Is that yeah. uh, everything, you know, uh, you know, consistency, and credibility. So just trying to find ways to continue to stack the days, uh, you know, brick by brick is my mindset, and my mantra. So uh, that's the biggest thing. And real quick, do you brag to everybody that you're the only person in this locker with their own day named after? You? Nah, I don't. A lot of them, I feel as if they don't even know that I do. So you gotta tell them that, Jesse. There's no need. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> let my plate speak for itself, and then from then on, go from there. Jesse, you played on offense in high school. Did you go to this coaching staff and say, this is what I can do, or they just came to you? I didn't. They came to me. So uh, the opportunity presented itself, and you know, I wasn't going to shy away from it. Any nerves out there? Absolutely not. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Uh, that was uh, Um And, um, you know, obviously playing football fullback is uh, a, a big deal. And, um, he, uh, will, you know, be a part of the offense, which is really cool. And, and it's been a while since the Cardinals have even had, uh, you know, a, someone in at fullback, you know, and no true fullback position, but just someone in on fullback is, is uh, pretty interesting. Um, now we'll go ahead and, and shift gears to uh, today's news, and it is uh, it is um, well, a little bit expected by me. I did, you know, I didn't really call it call it necessarily, but I I, I was kind of speculatory to uh, today's news, and well, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Look at the timing; they pulled the trade when about an hour or two after the second joint practice where Colt McCoy did anything but <laughs> slam the door shut. So I've been saying... Arizona sports. Okay. Breaking news. Oh, boys. What do you got, Aaron? So according to NFL Networks in Rappaport, the Arizona Cardinals will keep quarterback Kyler Murray on the reserve slash pup list to begin the season as Murray continues to recover from the ACL injury suffered late last season. So he'll be out at least the first four games. I don't okay. think that's that's not really a surprise, is it? I mean, I know you had you presented the other possibility earlier in the show. I don't even know if this gives us a whole lot of clarity, but Polly, your reaction to that? Well, hold break. on, Polly. Are you gonna? Can you stick around and miss more of your lunch? Yeah, because we're going to break. This is gonna cost you guys, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. In one segment, we had Wolf rip uh, command and control, throw Polly under the bus multiple times, and we had breaking news. Shave your stash, Paul. <laughs> Three times. It's not winning behavior. The stash is not making the final cut. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, I see Matt Barry of ESPN on TV right now. He's joining us in about 15 minutes. Wolf Paul Calvisi is still here on the Arizona Sports Line because we got that breaking news going into the last break. That Kyler Murray is going to begin the season on the pup list. So, Polly, it's it's a little bit of clarity, but it still doesn't clear everything up by any means because if they wanted to go a different direction, they could 
I guess not keep Colt McCoy and maybe pick somebody else up this week. I don't. To me, Colt McCoy's your starter in week one. He may not be here in eight weeks or seven weeks or four weeks or whatever, but I, I still think you run him out there against the Commanders and see what happens. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, you just traded for a veteran guy who has some real familiarity with the system. He, he knows the verbiage. So what's the ramp-up time? And what's the upside in a Josh Dobbs who is more equipped week one versus Dobbs, Cole McCoy, Clayton Toon? Look, you can... Arizona oh sports. My, oh, no. Are you kidding? Wow. According right. to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Cardinals have released Colt McCoy. Well, there's the answer wow, to that question. Wow. <laughs> it's got to be the fastest turnaround is. ever. Are you kidding me right now? The news came down about Kyler Murray just a few moments ago. And now here it is, Colt McCoy released, according to Adam Schefter. Paula, your reaction to that? I know you've been thinking this was a real possibility. He failed to slam the door shut in Minnesota. Those two joint practices were his future, his fate was decided, I think, in those two practices right there. Brian Flores dialed it up. It was a regular season look. Mani Asifort was standing right there, watching it unfold in front of his eyes. And then what happened? A few hours later, he acquired Josh Dobbs. He went and contacted Cleveland, a quarterback they had interest in in the offseason, and said, you know what? We need to make this move. It's worth a fifth-round pick. To be regular season ready, we need to go a different direction with Kyler Murray on pop. So now it's Josh Dobbs against Clayton Toon, in my opinion. So uh, this opens up a bunch of questions, Polly. Um, why, I guess, if you're if Colt McCoy was, if you're on the fence about him, why not play him on Saturday? Or maybe they had already decided he's out. Um, you would think Kyler to the pup list would have made it more likely that Colt would stick around. But obviously Kyler just went to the pup list and Colt's out in the span of 10 minutes. So do you add a third quarterback now after cutdowns? Or is David Blau your third quarterback? Or are you just going with two quarterbacks? David Blau could be that third quarterback, could be. Is David Blau picked up if he is cut tomorrow? Maybe you take that risk. It depends. What are you doing now in offensive line with the John Gaines and Dennis Daly going down? What are you doing for that third safety? Buda Baker, obviously, but Jalen Thompson is your best nickel guy as it stands right now. And if he's going to be that guy when you go nickel and dime, you're going to bring him into the slot, then who's that other safety out in the field? You're going to have to figure that out. I don't think anybody stepped up and won that job. Not a Javante Moffitt. I didn't see anyone out there. Sean Chandler had an interception. But, you know, for example, Minnesota is really deep at safety. So I think the Cardinals are keeping an eyes on that. Vikings final cuts. Maybe there's even a trade. That all of a sudden is a need after you traded Isaiah Simmons away. And look, what you saw Isaiah Simmons up in Minnesota and what you saw in that Kansas City game is what the Cardinals had seen the entirety of the offseason minicamp, the beginning of training camp. That was not a surprise. So this thing is very fluid. Yeah, breaking news twice. Uh, not, you know, pretty – that's, you know, the Kyler Murray thing is, is – you know, was to be expected. That's not the one that I felt strongly about. I felt strongly about, you know, what it meant for Dobbs coming in and uh, possibly Colt going out. You know, his arm strength is is not necessarily where you would like it. You know, he's he's great locker room guy and and brings a lot of 
you know, wisdom and another coach on the field. Uh, but uh, you need a you need a player <laughs> on the field, and unfortunately, Colt is is not really quite there. Or hasn't shown enough. Uh, this offseason has been fantastic for the Cardinals, so it sucks to lose uh, Colt. Um, but I think it's the right move. And I'm one of the few fans and, you know, quote-unquote media members that, that will say that it was the right move. Like I said, it, I think it all goes on that the arm strength, you know, the the preseason games that we saw, he was very limited. I think he was going to be limited anyway. Um, but a lot of dinking and dunking. And it was, it was efficient you know, passing, uh, but again, not what they're trying to do. And I feel like, uh, Blau tune and, and, uh, um, and, and possibly Josh Dobbs are going to be your quarter or well, not possibly. I'm pretty sure Josh Dobbs are going to be your three quarterbacks. Now, which ones are going to be the, the three quarterbacks while Kyler's out? I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I would, I, we haven't seen any, of Josh Dobbs, we just know that he's familiar with the with the offense. I don't see them, you know, cutting him after taking a a, a fifth round flyer on him, you know. Um, and I, I kind of see, you know, when it's all said and done, it'd be Kyler, Dobbs, Clayton Tune, and and uh, David Blau, the uh, fourth man out. Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, and I honestly think even though we're really excited about, uh, Clayton Toon, I feel like they, they want a more of a veteran presence, someone that knows the offense a little bit better. Um, even though we haven't seen him, and I think Josh Dobbs might, might get that week one start. Um, and, uh, but starting is not everything. It's how many snaps. And I, I feel like maybe Clayton Toon might get more snaps in that in that week one. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's it's hard to tell, but that's kind of what I'm going with. Or the opposite is Clayton Toon and then Josh Dobbs more snaps. Um, but it, I think they might see both. I don't know who they're going to name the starter for these uh, for that first game, let alone the uh, first. Uh, um, three uh, weeks uh, or four weeks um, because when you start on PUP, you are ineligible to play automatically for the first four games. And again, that that's not a shocker. Uh, here's uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, from, from today's uh, press conference and uh, kind of addressing all of that uh, that we just went through, just talked about. Colt, uh, Kyler on PUP, all of it. Hold on. Audio is not working. Let me make sure. Do that. Do that. And now. A lot going on. Excited to release Colt. That's big, big news across the country. Mm -hmm. Reasoning behind that and where you're headed with this? Yeah, just like with every decision, we look at, uh, you know, the full body of work, um, evaluate our guys. Um, production goes into that and uh, felt like it was the best decision for the team to move forward with the guys that we have in the room um, to help us win a football game. How tough are those two decisions? You know, with a guy like Cole, 
true professional yeah. does things the right way, but you have to do, like you said, what's best for the team. Yeah, tough. I mean, and, and Colt's awesome. You know what I mean? He's a true pro pro. That's why he's played so long. Um, you know, having gone through this process in a different seat a lot of times is a little bit different today because it's it's hard. You know what I mean? You they you know that they care. Uh, they put a lot of sacrifice and hard work into their craft. And um, but you know, ultimately, I think if you're honest with them and they appreciate that and uh, they know that you know we're gonna do what we have to do to try to do what's best for the team. So. Um, but yeah, these are tough days. I don't think it's anything that he didn't show us. I think it was just, you know, like I said, looking at OTAs and then training camp and the games, and just like I said, the full body of work. We just feel like this is the best way to go. When did uh, you let him know? Did you let him know before Saturday's game? No, today. How far are you along in the process of getting to that 53-man roster? Uh, we're getting there. So we we made some transactions today. We'll make some transactions in the morning. That's kind of the timetable that the NFL lays out, and then uh, we'll get we'll get to that spot. I think on Wednesday, and then uh, go from there. But it's it's always the roster is always in flux. You know what I mean. So you never know. And even talking to some guys today, you never know when you could be back up and playing. So. Um, you know, that's a very fluid thing, you know, your 53-man roster and the practice squad spot. So they understand that. You guys have a fairly comfortable feeling on, on what Joshua Dobbs can bring, considering that you're going to have to make all these moves without having getting him on the practice field yet? Yeah. From here until week one, is, is, it, is it a competition between Josh and Clayton, or is one do you know who your starter's going to be? Yeah, I think we got a plan in place, but I want to see them both play football still. This week we got some work, and then the following week we got some work, but I feel good where we're at. How's the schedule this week, Coach? Where are you in terms of the rest of the week with the players? Yeah, so we have a uh, walkthrough tomorrow, then we're going to work on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then they'll be off on the weekend. We'll get a bonus Monday in. Um, that'll be Washington-based, and then they're off their normal day Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, travel on Friday night. And then uh, Saturday we're in D.C. We'll do our mock game there because it's the you know the three-hour time change there, and then play Sunday. How easy will it be for Josh just to kind of slide in? I mean, it's it's never easy for a new guy coming to a new team, but he's familiar with the system. He's familiar with Drew and is, and uh, we feel good where he's at with that. What has Drew and is uh, said about him so far? Say it again, Tyler. What have they said about him so far? Just haven't worked with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to bring money and I aren't going to bring anyone in here that's that the character doesn't check out first. Um, he's extremely intelligent, characters f through the roof. Um, he's actually a guy that we looked at signing in the offseason. So we kind of did a lot of work on him back then. And uh, when it became available, the transaction became available, we decided to make the move. How does his skill set fit the system? Say it again. How does his skill set fit the system? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's a mobile guy that understands the system, but he's a mobile guy that can make throws and play in the pocket and play outside of the pocket. So that's what we're looking for. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, he's um, somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Well, will it be open competition between Clayton and Joshua? Yeah, every, every spot's open competition. In terms of that, when would, could it go until the end of next week? 
before you even decide who the starting quarterback? Yeah, I think we got a pretty good plan in place, but I want to see them, you know, both go through the next two weeks. But um, I think that how the plan that we have to evaluate that and to get that done and, and the team knowing the why behind it, I think they're comfortable with it, but feel good about where it's at. When you come to Josh, how valuable is it to have a guy in the quarterback room that, that is familiar with Drew and his system, almost serving as a second coach where you can say, look, this is the why, and it's coming from a different voice. Yeah, I think it's very valuable. It's, you know, any position <clears throat> is hard to come in and play right away, and guys do it all across the league. That's what the NFL is, um, especially when you get banged up and things like that later in the year. But um, I think just his familiarity of the system, um, the verbiage, those two guys that are really the main guys coaching him, um, I think that obviously helps him a lot. Is it possible you guys leave for Washington without having named a starter, or will you know by Friday or Wednesday? Uh, well, I'm not going to name a starter because I think it's a competitive advantage for us going to Washington, but we'll know who the starter is. Do you have an update on uh, John Gaines and Dennis Daly? Yeah, going through medical still right now with those two guys. Um, they both got Nick, so still kind of evaluating where that's at. I mean, I, you know, he went through all OTAs and, and training camp, practiced every day, so. How different is it for you as a head coach as when you were a position coach, you would have to help the guys through this process of being cut? As a head coach, what's that experience like? A little bit of the same, but it, I think uh, explaining to those guys a little bit of the why behind it, a little bit more than a position coach does, you know. But it's it's honestly very similar conversation, you know what I mean? You thank them um, because the guys that were here that went through training camp have the right fabric, what you're looking for. And, um, you know, their, their next call's coming. What's the process like going down to 53 with you and Monty? Is it all of you guys conversing on all the guys or just him and his staff doing their work and coming to you? Yeah, when when did I get hired? February 14th, so right now, you know, every day, every day. You said you think so with Kyler. Is there still a sense of hope that he's not going to be or that he will be activated? No, I think he's 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 going to start um, on one of those two lists. So. If he does start on the puff list, uh, can't practice for me. Does that affect his rehab at all from your opinion? Uh, no, no, it's kind of like what he's been doing right now. He's got a plan that's football related and he's got a plan that's rehab related and, and both are important, but obviously the, the, the plan that's most important right now is his health. So when we structure his day and his week and this last month with him, um, we plan accordingly for that. He's doing great. Some games were your first taste of coaching as a head coach when you have someone like Jeff Rogers who's been around and seen a lot. How much did you rely on him? Yeah, I lean on him a lot. I lean on him a lot. You know, I lean on him throughout a lot of decisions that I make and run by different people. He helps me a lot. You know, he's been around a lot of staffs, a lot of a lot of good head coaches, in my opinion. And I always ask him, where are my blind spots, Jeff? You know, and uh, he's he's very candid with me. And um, he's, he's honest and he communicates very effectively. He's helped me a lot. What kind of growth have you seen from Greg Dorch over the offseason? Consistency. Uh, we know he can play. It's can you play you know, every play and be consistent with what we're asking him to do. I like where his game's at. With the new rule this year, have you made a decision yet on whether there'll be a third quarterback? We're still sorting through it. Any update on Garrett Williams? He's doing well. 
He's doing well. He's going to start on NFI, I think. How's his mental? I know that he was trying to awesome. get back. Awesome. Awesome. He's doing great. He, um, you know, for, a, again, a rookie that's that's hasn't been able to practice, the kind of the same thing, Bob, that you asked about Kyler. He has his plan daily and weekly and monthly of health and football, knowing that health's most important. But um, we've put a lot on his plate, and he's responded well. You had Jesse Lucetta all over the field, on every side of the ball. What does he bring to the team, both on the field and off the field? Yeah, well, off the field, I would say is he's a team-first guy. And on the field, he's a team-first guy. Um, you know, he puts himself behind the team, which I love about him. That's what's expected, but he does truthfully do that. And then you're looking to see, you know, when you take whoever has a jersey on game day, what roles can they serve? So I thought he did a really good job with that. Did you have a sense of how Colt took the news? Yeah, I delivered the news to him. Yeah, I'll keep that between us. But uh, I mean, like a pro, that's what Cold is. It's not ideal if Dobbs ends up being your guy for whatever reasons that you'd start a season without a guy who's taking a snap for you in a preseason game or training camp. How could it work if that ends up being the case? Uh, I trust in what we're doing is to be the best thing for the team. That's how it would work. Snaps. You make yeah, I thought he played. He did a good job. We wanted. He was on a little bit of a pitch count to make sure that he got in there, uh, lathered up, and play a little bit. Thought he did pretty good. You see yourself using a fullback in the offense. Yeah, if it makes sense, that that's what we got to try to do to attack the defense. Yeah. Everything is up for grabs with um, Jonathan Cannon. You get the sense of the way he answers a question, especially a lot about Josh Jobs, a lot about Josh Jobs and Clayton Toon. I feel like the fans of the media want to see Clayton Toon, but I feel like the Cardinals are going Josh Jobs. Like it just, it just seemed to you know. And now you see why they got him because they they kind of felt pretty confident that they were going to let go of Colt. And, and I, you know, like I said, I said that. I said that, you know, either Colt or uh, David Blau, but I, I was kind of leaning more towards Colt. The media is like, oh, you can't cut Colt, you know, what he's done, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the body of work and the veteran presence and, you know, he's just a good dude. And you're, there's no way you're going to um, take someone who has not taken a single snap. Or a rookie, you know, that you drafted in the in the fourth round, I think fourth round, fourth or fifth round, um, even though they looked good, uh, you know, it kind of made more sense to, you know, go with Colt or or even David Blau, you know, and and so you you feel like everybody's itching for uh, Clayton Tune, but I, I feel even more confident with those responses that it's going to be Josh Dobbs. Now, you know, barring anything like he's just absolutely terrible in some of the practices they have left. Um, but, you know, you just you have to think that they don't go get a guy like that, spend a draft pick, not a very high draft pick, but you can find some good players in, you know, on that day three and, and earlier part of day three, fourth and fifth round. Um, that that uh, uh, it it's. You know, it's a cost, a pretty costly move. 
Um, and, uh, and obviously there's a reason why he was available, but, uh, you know, the Cardinals brass, they, they like Josh jobs even without having seen him in their system. And, uh, that's, that's what, you know, that, that's what I'm, I'm feeling that that's kind of, you know, where, where I, I feel like it's, it's heading. Um, we'll go ahead and, and, uh, um, come back with um, some ASU and finish it up with ASU. And that will be up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Wrapping some things up with um, ASU, and, and uh, we'll start uh, with uh, Kenny Dillingham after uh, Sunday's practice. Uh, um, ASU had practice on, on Sunday, and then um, they had uh, – uh, practice uh, uh, today as well. Um, but before we get into today's practice, we'll, of course, start with Sunday. So here is uh, Kenny Dillingham after after Sunday. What would you tell him after? Control us. I mean, I knew today would be shitty. I mean, they received horrible news on a Tuesday practice in the morning before uh, we meet for special teams. So to think that 18 and 22-year-olds are going to go out and have a good Tuesday practice is absolutely delusional. But I think the guys battled. The guys did the best they could do. Was it emotional telling them that? Oh, yeah. You have a whole bunch of seniors who uh, compete. And they can't compete there anymore. Can you, can you, you know this was a possibility? Uh, I was informed this morning at 6.30 a.m. How did you find out? I met with uh, Ray Anderson and uh, Gene Boyd. Are you able to share any details of what was that conversation? I really don't have any other information. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Today? It was upsetting. How, how do you, I mean, motivation is a huge part of coaching. Without that carrot to have, where do you go from there? Just be the very best we can be every day. I mean, what I just told the team is nobody cares about your circumstance. In reality, most people in life would rather see other people fail so they don't have to work hard and actually work hard enough to beat them. So everybody looks at this and like, oh, great, Arizona State's not going to be motivated anymore. That's a win. That's how the majority of the world thinks, because nobody wants to work hard to achieve success. They want to bring other people down lower than them, and they can do the exact same work ethic. So if people are looking at us and they're satisfied, they're singing for joy, they're excited because they think there's no way Arizona State football is going to be able to keep their mindset to compete. And that's the challenge is it's us versus us every day. Well, before <laughs> we get into that, I, I actually had mixed up what I wanted to play. We'll, we'll continue this um, and, and I'll kind of work my way backward. Um, but what Kenny Dillingham is talking about is, you know, I don't have a breaking news sounder or anything like that. Um, but, uh, ASU has a self-imposed bowl ban and a lot to do with, uh, you know, the, the cheating, <laughs> uh, with, uh, you know, with Herm Edwards and, and all that. So that, uh, that has finally hit, uh, ASU and the, and, uh, um, it's self-imposed. Uh, we'll we'll kind of break down, you know, all of that here in just a little bit. Um, you know, Sun Devil Source and and Chris Cartman they'll they'll break that down a little bit. Um, Jay Feely will talk about it as well and and kind of where um, they go from there. Um, but uh, I probably should have started with that that bowl that uh, that uh, uh, bowl. Um, uh, uh, self-imposed bowl ban first, um, and I forgot 
you know, I, I couldn't remember at which order the news was was broke. I, you know, now that I think about it, it was I, I do remember hearing about it, it get coming to my phone a Sunday. I want to say during during church. So um, this was this you know presser was you know after practice and, and you know they had already heard about it. Uh, so that that's what Kenny Dillingham's uh, comments are are on. Instead, obviously, that the practice was terrible, um, and he believes it has a lot to do with with the ball ban. I mean, things were said, but that's between us and the players. I mean, they're not happy. Okay, What's that like going from uh, being excited for the first week and then getting used like that? Oh, it's it's not great, especially on a Tuesday for practice. But it is what it is. And like I told the guys, we we can't control it. Like you can't control it. Not one person in the country feels bad for us. Matter of fact, more people are happy about it. Because like I said, people love to see other people down. People feed off of it. It's the world we live in. And if we allow people to feed off of this circumstance for us, then that's on us. And it's my job to uh, try to get our team and rally our team uh, behind each other to go compete and go work at the highest level. I mean, this isn't the, the, the highs and lows that I was expecting, but it still is a low. And I said, we need everybody to do this together. And our team needs everybody to be out there to support them so they know what they're doing is all for naught and that they have a uh, value behind them to support them. I think, if anything, um, see, you're frustrated at the former leadership. But don't, if you're an ASU fan listening right now, do not be frustrated at Kenny Dillingham. You have no reason to be. In fact, you know, I keep on we keep on hearing what he has to say. And I can't be the only one that that listens to this show. I listen to it and I host this show. And you hear what Kenny Dillingham has to say and not be fired up. I have no idea how good ASU is going to be this year, especially after you know this comes down before uh, they get ready for uh, Southern Utah. Um, you know it, it's it's going to put a damper on some things, but need to find a way to support this team because I believe they will be good, um, and I mean I have a feeling. They will would be bowl eligible at uh, for the season. Obviously, they won't participate because the the sanctions dropped on on them. Um, but don't that let that be a reason? In fact, you know when it's lifted, um, you know that they'll get a boost of energy, a boost of of momentum going in their way for the for the season that you know it becomes a reality that they're able to participate and and uh and fight for a, a big bowl appearance or a national championship so um don't uh you know don't don't uh pull back but in instead charge ahead um as as a fan and 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 lift these guys up but i, I because i feel like it's going in a better direction. The news sucks, uh, but it has nothing to do with Kenny Dillingham and what he's doing. Nothing at all.
It's all Herm Edwards. It's all Ray Anderson. And uh, if anything, we need to rise up against someone like Ray Anderson and get him out of here. Uh, but I, I wouldn't, you know, don't let it affect how you cheer on your ASU Sun Devils. Uh, no comment. There's been some thought about postseason bans not being fair to the kids, punishing kids for the actions. Where do you see just the fairness? Yeah, I mean, I'm about the kids. Everything I do, I believe in the players. Everything we should do should be about helping the players be successful in life, helping the players do everything they want to do to be successful. So anything that has a negative effect on our players bothers me. How about this week? Are you happy where they're at going into the first game? Yeah, I think our guys are excited. I think our guys are together. Uh, I think this can be motivation to really grow. Does it allow them to play really loose with nothing to lose? No. Hmm. Interesting. Has it allowed them to play really loose with nothing to lose? Or I don't know if he was asking him if it, if it allows if he's going to allow them to do that, I, um, or if they were, um, you know, just no. Um, you know, here, here's a little bit about the self-imposed ball ban and, and just kind of a little bit of a breakdown, uh, from Chris Cartman, who, uh, is a part of Sun Devil Source and just, uh, the guys from Sun Devil Source who we get this audio from. So that's who we're ripping it from, uh, you know, follow them and, and their page and, and on YouTube and, and, uh, uh, Twitter as well. Um, if you want, want more, but, uh, here is Chris Cartman. Hi, everybody. I'm Ethan Tuttle, joined alongside Chris Cartman. We just wrapped up Sunday fall practice. We learned earlier today that Arizona State self-imposed a bowl ban. Chris, how did this all unfold? Yeah, um, so Ray Anderson apparently informed the team only about 45 minutes before their practice. Kenny Dillingham told a leadership group consisting of 10 to 15 players prior to that. Uh, there was acknowledgement from uh, everybody involved that it was sort of a weighty news that, 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 that happened before the practice. Um, a little bit surprised actually that they did this at this point in time um, and actually not at all surprised to see uh, the way that they unfolded subsequently. We saw some just kind of guys down in the dumps after hearing the news probably out on the field today obviously taking uh, uh, some rough news this morning but what did Kenny have to say in that post-practice press conference uh, to the media? Yeah, he used an expletive to describe the, the caliber of the practice. Uh, he yelled at, his, at the players after practice about uh, even if circumstances aren't what you want them to be, you still have to go out there and practice and try to get better every day. That's the whole purpose in life as players, everything. Uh, players acknowledged that they were a little frustrated and uh, unhappy with kind of the news and it didn't set up a good framework for the day. Um, when when they, when they were informed, uh, Ray Anderson didn't apparently take any questions from the players. It was just kind of short and sweet, according to what Jalen Conyers said. Hey, uh, the program's going to self-impose uh, bull ban, and we're not going to be able to talk about this further because it's an ongoing investigation. And I think you have a lot of guys that are kind of just wondering you know, what that means. They're going to not be able to, if you're a senior, or maybe you're going to be leaving ASU after this year. You're not going to be able to go to a bowl game. How does that impact you? They have 50 new players. All those guys decided to come to ASU because they wanted to, you know, pursue playing in the postseason. And now that's not going to be happening this year. So, and Now, Arizona State, they could have self-imposed this bowl ban a year, maybe even two years before. 
So why now? What What's the current situation with why this is happening and unfolding now? Yeah, um, that's the biggest, most perplexing piece of this whole thing. Uh, I've, I've been saying for quite a long time, I reported February of 2022, Herm Edwards' particip participation in all of this uh, impermissible recruiting activity, and uh, it didn't make a lot of sense that they hadn't uh, by the time of this, the start of last season in August, decided to self-impose at that point in time, even if they had not made a bowl, it still would have counted had they done it prior to the season. Uh, the other thing that's a little bit, uh, you know, alarming is they gave Herm Edwards $4.4 million as part of a severance to go away, which is half of his remaining contract, rather than fire him for cause. But now they're suffering this consequence as a result of what happened under Herm Edwards' leadership that he personally participated in. So a lot of questions, I'll, I really can't stress enough, I, I've been saying this throughout the day on social media, on Sun Devil Source, that Herm Edwards uh, put ASU in a bad situation. This was very obvious. Ray Anderson is his close friend, uh, the former you know, uh, uh, agent, and he had an obligation to try to do what was best for ASU into the future, and it seems very much like that didn't happen, otherwise this, these actions would have been taken previously. Chris, thank you so much for your time. That's going to do it for this edition of the Sun Devil Source Recap. We'll see you next time. All right. That, uh, now that does it for that, you know, just kind of a breakdown of the bowl ban. We'll go ahead and uh, let's see. Um, let's go with uh, Kenny Dillingham from uh, today's uh, practice, after today's practice. Hotorbino Devils Digest. Uh, Kenny, in a perfect scenario on Thursday, what do you think the quarterback rotation is going to look like uh, aside from Jaden? Do you expect Trent and other quarterbacks uh, to see some play? I have no clue. I'm hoping that we win the football game. <laughs> Bottom line, whatever situation like that comes next, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you. Kenny, right here, Chris Carmen, Sun Devil Source. Um, didn't want to hit you with this yesterday maybe some time in the process, but uh, you're trying to win every game still, of course. But does anything change strategically knowing that you're not going to be going to a bowl this year in this game, or do you see how it unfolds and then make some different decisions, or what's your thought process? No, I think it goes it's the same thought process. The seniors deserve the right to try to win every football game. I firmly believe that. That doesn't change anything. Uh, the seniors deserve the right to go into every football game and try to win. Uh, and at this point, I mean, that's all I can say. If there's a senior that, you know, feels different and wants to use a redshirt year to come back, I mean, I don't know. We haven't even crossed that bridge, and I don't think any senior would want to do that. But if they did, I'd be open to it for them if that's what they wanted because it's their decision as a senior. But I think at the end of the day, it's whatever we can do to win football games for our seniors to make this season you know, worth it and to make this season something they remember for the rest of their lives. And just to follow follow up on that um, when you when you know that you're not going to be getting bowl practices bowl practices are very important to develop young players does that does that lend itself to maybe playing younger players in some games where you feel like you have an opportunity because you know you might not be able to develop them later or unfortunately not uh, just because we want to try to win football games bottom line I mean I couldn't even begin to process going into a game without the full intent of putting everything to win the game, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even process that. So no, uh, 
that part does suck though, but that's that's part of it. Uh, and like I said, this this whole process that's part of it. I mean, we're all our guys had the best practice today uh, that they may have had in two weeks. Uh, phenomenal practice, and uh, because they're resilient, and that's what we're about. We're about responding to adversity and being successful, and that's being the very best we can be every single day in everything we do. And at the end of the day, nothing that happened yesterday affected those two things. Uh, the mission's still the mission. Be the very best you can be every single day. Kenny, can you speak to the support you've got over the past 24 hours from fans or people in the community or maybe just people that have reached out to you over the past 24 hours? Yeah, there's been a lot of people who have been supportive of the football program. Uh, to be honest, I think there's a lot of people. I mean, you can debate how people handle situations and stuff like that. I think, you know, I think Ray's kind of gotten the short end of the stick here, to be honest. I mean, I think he's kind of in the middle of all this. And uh, Ray's been really good to me since I've got here. And uh, I don't know what happened in the past here, but Ray has been really good to me since I've got here. Hey, Coach. Uh, Jesse Morrison uh, with Arizona Sports. Um, you've mentioned that this is your dream job. Um, has it kind of sunken in yet that, or the emotions or anything, that you, know, you will be coaching in your first game for your dream job on Thursday? No. It's football. The, 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 the dream job is all the other stuff. Right, the being home, the going home, the seeing family, all the other stuff, the walk, coming to the office and seeing the campus. I mean, it's football time. When we walk on the field, there's 22 people going to take the field. It's 120 yards, 53 and third yards wide, and it's go time. So um, to follow up, I'm guessing there won't be any sort of like, you know, you get there super early and like walk around the field and soak it in or anything like that? No, this isn't about me. I mean, my players joked we had a mock game the other day and – they're like, get up in front, run out. You got to run out first. You're the head coach. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't play. You guys play. You guys run out, and I'll just run out randomly so I can get ready to coach. And you guys go get ready to play the football game. This isn't about me. It's about the players. It's always about the players. Everything I'll ever do is about the players. That answer jacks me up because traditionally you'll see, you know, the head coach run out, lead his team, you know, all the time. It's it's that way, and Arizona State is going to be one of the only team, uh, one of the only teams or programs out there where you know you see a bunch of players come out, and then somewhere in the mix uh, is your head coach Kenny Dillingham, and I feel like that kind of sends a message nationally when you see that, you know. I mean, you can only imagine. You know, uh, so many games I've seen, you know, with Alabama and, and you know, the broadcasters or or not just Alabama, any game, you know, and here comes the tide. And, you know, and you'll see their record. You'll see a graphic of, you know, Nick Saban or whatever, and he's, you know, right there, a bunch of confetti or, you know, uh, the, the pyrotechnics coming out of the tunnel. And obviously, players run faster than the you know a sixty-plus head head coach. So, but the camera always follows you know where the coach is going and, and a little bit of the players. And yeah, but you know with ASU, you're going to see. And here comes Arizona State. You know, you know, and as a bunch of players, and then camera searching for you know Kenny Dillingham, and and boom, he meets with uh, you know someone, uh, one of the sideline reporters for ESPN or wherever Fox, whatever the you know is is televising the game. Um, 
and next next season probably mostly Fox because uh, Fox uh, I don't know if they still do but typically have you know the rights for Big Twelve games and and you know it's just it's, it's different it's a different look you ha- but it's a look that you have to respect that he's like hey it's not about me it's about the players and uh, it that excites me it really really does. It's Michael Carrot, Smith, Sideline Sports. When you, I mean, looking at Jaden, obviously since you named him the starter, you said he's improved every practice and he's just been competitive. But from the the fundamentals, little things, how much have you seen him grow in the last month? Oh, drastic growth. I mean, it gets drastic growth. Just while, if you watch him in individual drills, the he's starting to understand why to take certain drops, when to take certain drops, and there's a suddenness about it. And that rhythm and that timing is what makes quarterbacks good. And even in individual drills, you can see the confidence and the suddenness of his drops. And that correlates to practice. I mean, today was probably his best practice since he's, you know, been at ASU, in my opinion. So that's a testament to him. To him. That's a testament to Coach Baldwin for preparing him. Michelle Gardner, Arizona Public. Coach, you talked before about having to prepare yourself for being on the sidelines. How different is that going to be for you to be there, not be up in the booth, kind of have to rein it all in and, you know, instead of being excited? Yeah, it's going to be more like a practice. I mean, that's what my, it's funny, my wife asked me the same question. She's like, how's it going to be on the sidelines? I'm like, well, you know, I've practiced from the sidelines, you know, so I've had more experience on the sidelines than I have the box, just not on game day. So I'm used to being on the sidelines in practice. I guess the difference will be, in between series, not necessarily going over to the offense all the time, right? In between series, watching the defense and give, being able to give input while still give input up to the offense uh, and balancing the, the time, you know, spent while I'm on the sidelines. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I'm used to the sidelines for practice, so I don't think there'll be a bigger difference. I'm interested to see how loud we can get. I think that'll be fun. See how loud we can make this thing on uh, Thursday. Let's see how many fans. Everybody, every season ticket holder got two extra tickets. Bring a friend. Bring a friend who has a son or daughter so we can make a lifelong Sun Devil fan out of them and get loud. Uh, Shane Diefenbach, PHNX Sports, back here, Coach. I know you talked a lot about eliminating catastrophics for Jaden, but is there anything in particular besides that that you're looking forward to seeing in a game from him come Thursday? Confidence. I want to see him take the field confident. That's it. Take the field confident. He has a high talent, he has a high IQ, he has a high work ethic. If he's confident in what he does and does it with a, a, just a confidence that he knows what he sees and he trusts his eyes, he's going to have a lot of success. Hey, Coach, you know, for Tato, son of a source. Elijah Badger has played mostly with the second offensive group over the last two practices. Is there anything to that that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, he's out the first half of the game. So we have to practice with the with the guys that are going to be playing in the first half of the, the football game. Just to follow up on that, is that just a disciplinary matter? No, it was uh, Arizona from last year. The second the second half of last year, him and uh, and Will Schaefer both committed personal fouls, which got them ejected from the game. So they're going to be out the first half, and they'll be back. Oh, y'all didn't know that? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I just learned about it like a week and a half ago, so it's all good. <laughs> Coach Jordan Hamsworth, 360AZ. Uh, when you look back to kind of the grand scheme of Jaden's time here so far, um, and 
all he's had to overcome and really just like hit the ground running. You know, just how impressive is it to go from getting here right at spring ball now to being named the quarterback as a freshman? Oh, it's super important. Just a testament to the, the human he is, the person he is, the work ethic he put in, the resilience he has, uh, all those things, the intelligence. I mean, that's a guy who's he's just learned every day. I mean, it sounds so cliche. Just get better every day. And that, that's not realistic. Like, nobody's going to get, I say, oh, he got better every day. Nobody's going to actually get better every day, right? There's going to be a day where you fail, right? And you don't think you grow, but you still, the next day, you got twice as good because you learned from it. It may not be the product was better, but the growth was better, right? And those are two different things. And I think he tur turned every day that he failed, right, into growth, and every day that he succeeded into growth, and he just stacked those days. Both at the same time. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and just with Jaden, how, what type of leader is he? I think he is right now, he is a lead through the work. And, lead, and everybody sees the work, right, and the want. And I think older guys can rally behind a young guy who's passionate and has the, the care factor. And I think through his knowledge and through the work that he's putting in, he's slowly getting more comfortable. And you saw him today go up to two different guys, be like, hey, I, I think you should do it like this, right? That's the next step, but he can't force it. He can't force it until he knows it so well that he's right, you know, because you can't lead that way if you're not always right. But that goes back to the confidence. He's slowly putting himself in position to know the offense good enough to lead in that next way. And it's not going to happen or. or Overnight, it's going to happen organically, but you saw it organically happen two times at practice today. Hey, Kenny, Jake Seymour, Sun Devil Source. Uh, yesterday, you kind of criticized the effort at practice, just given the, the news that had broken right before practice began. Do you feel like the group kind of bounced back today and responded well uh, after yesterday's practice? 100%. That was probably our best practice we've had, I said, in two weeks. I mean, it may have been our best practice of, you know, we've had fall camp other than maybe one that was mixed in there. I mean, phenomenal day. It just tells you the character of the people that we had. I mean, I think somebody put it on social media, like our kids didn't refuse to speak to anybody yesterday because they needed to, to you know, get it out. And they've moved on. It is what it is. It's a, life's about how you respond. And we're going to be trying to do everything we can to be successful every single day. And I think those guys brought it today to lean into one another. And let's go be the best we can be every single day. Hold Rubino, Devil's Judges. Kenny, do you feel that the offensive line is now solidified? Because I know there was a lot of shuffling in, during full camp, which is probably natural for any position, not only offensive line, but do you feel that the front five right now is pretty established, ready to go for the season opening? It is, but we want to be able to play five to eight guys in that role. So, I mean, yes, who takes the field? Yes. Are they a starter? Yes. But are there really seven to eight starters? Yes. So I wouldn't get too wrapped up in – you know, what five take the field first, right? It's the eight guys that are going to, seven to eight guys that are actually going to play. Going one? Any other good questions? Going twice. You're out of here. So, oh, oh. <laughs> so, Julia Lopez, 3TV, CBS 5. Just um, what message do you have to the Sun Devil Nation just week one? Obviously, a lot of adversity heading in, but just what do you want to tell them and um, how big, how important is it for them to show up on Saturday? Yeah, to me, uh, the adversity is behind us. It's like I told our team. Like I said, we're going to give everybody one day. Get your feelings out, including me. Get it out. Get it off chest. Get it out there. Let's move on. 
because that's what it's about. It's that we're not just going to say something and then get over it instantly. That's not real. We can act like that's real, but it's not. But give yourself a day and move on. So to Sun Devil Nation, it's move on. Let's move on, right? Let's show support for the team because that's what this is about. This is about the athletes. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else in the organization. It's not about Coach Regal. It's not about Coach Munns. It's not about Coach Samples. It's not about somebody in the athletic organization. It's not about somebody that works in the, on the other side of campus. This is about the 120 kids, 116 kids that are on the football team, right? Support them. Come out, support them, cheer, be loud, show that it matters, show that you care, show that we're working in the right direction to get this place where everybody wants it to go to. Kenny, were there things that you heard or were involved with that players said that contributed to the improvement today, like behind the scenes or leading up to practice? Yeah, I think guys like JC and, and uh, Jalen and, I mean, just all the guys – I think we I think we're a pretty I think the guys have put in enough work that they're not going to let anything derail them from what they actually want. And that's just to show people that they've put in the work. They want they want to show that they've put in the work. And I think obviously there's going to be emotional days, but I think the response today is a good reflection. The response yesterday with our players at the media, the response today at the practice is a good reflection of the the direction we're going. Right, and uh, I talk about it all the time. We need to face adversity, right? We went to Camp T to face adversity living in the same place, right? We've had tough practices to face adversity on the practice field, right? We just had adversity in life, right? It's great. I mean, it's it's not what you want, but sometimes what you need, and we got to use that fuel, and we got to face it, and we're going to face more adversity on Thursday, and I think all the the trials that we're facing is good for the longevity of the football team, and we're going to spin everything as a positive, and we're going to go be the best we can be. Be loud on Thursday. He's jacked up. He is absolutely jacked up. Uh, Before we finish this uh, um, conversation about Arizona State, we'll uh, hear uh, from Jay Feely, who joined um, uh, – Dan and Vince on the Bickley and Murata show, uh, just talking about you know how, how he feels the the state of Arizona State is at this uh, current time of the year. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Uh, we continue here on Bickley and Murata mornings, the Monday edition. Bick, Sarah, back. Jay Feely in studio with us. Uh, this football season, Jay will be in the booth for CBS along with uh, Tom yeah. McCarthy and James Lofton. He did a little radio work this weekend. Just the second kicker to achieve that lofty That's right. status, Me and man. Pat Summerall. It'll be fun. Week, week one, I'm at Denver. Denver against the Raiders. And my son, who's playing for Colorado now, We'll be playing in Boulder the day before nice. against Nebraska. So we get to do a double dip. I can run up there Saturday, that's watch fantastic. him play, and then call my game Sunday. You wow. and Summerall. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of crazy. That's quite that's There's good company. Jay Feely, John. <laughs> yeah, he Dale was early on. He was, a, he was an analyst, and yes. then he obviously became a play by, legendary play-by-play guy. Yeah. So. 
You have play-by-play in your sites? I don't think so. No? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun because, you know, play-by-play, you get to do all the different sports. Like, yes. I envy Jim Nance getting to go to all the sports that I love. And Jim's one of my favorite guys in the world. He's been great to me. But, you know, to be able to do football and then jump in and do golf and then do the Final Four. I mean, that, that's just – that's a sports – a guy who loves sports like me, that's yes. a dream. <laughs> and then to be able, like Jim Nance, just to say at some point, you know what, I've had enough of the Final Four. I'm stepping aside <laughs> yeah, for the Final right. Four. Yeah, I'll just right. keep doing I'm just gonna, Yeah, I'm just going to focus on golf. <laughs> We yeah. talked Cardinals with Jay. I uh, want to talk a little college with you, too, with this huge ASU story yeah. that's going down. Um, obviously, from the reaction Kenny Dillingham had yesterday and, and, and having to deliver that message of a postseason ban to his team, regardless of how ASU was going to do this year, the timing of it is is icky to use to use a that's big, being uh, nice yeah to yeah. use a, a, a big word i think it's bs it is yes. bs I, I really just being transparent because you did it purposefully on game week game week so you you wouldn't have guys transfer that's the only reason you waited you know because you wanted to get far enough along in the off season here leading into the season that now these seniors and the guys that were there because the guys who transferred in they can't transfer again no you know once you've transferred once you can do that for free your second transfer you got to sit out a year yeah. so it's really you're penalizing the players that were there that yes. stayed at your school that were loyal to the school and stayed there you know if i'm conyers or clark like i'm pissed off yeah because now it's really too late for me to transfer into another team and feel like I can step in and start right there. And that's why you waited until yeah. right now, which and, is not fair to those players at and all. And what could have changed between the closing of the portal and Nothing now? Nothing changed. Nothing changed. All you did was was penalize your guys. Yep. You knew all the way back to when it happened what you did. You knew what was going to happen. And, and I can't listen to Herm Edwards on TV now. I'm with you. And, and and look at him the same because I, I've seen it. I had all the players over my house so many times from that ASU team because my son was playing there. And, you know, I would ask them, like, and, and they would be like, no, I never talked to Herm. Like, he doesn't talk to any of us. Like, we have no relationship with him. It was, it was a disappointment watching him as a coach of a college team because I really – I was an advocate on this, on this radio show, you know, like yeah. – I thought it was a great hire, and it, and it certainly wasn't. Yeah, and and we talk now with your son at Colorado, um, going through the Deion Sanders um, immersive experience. You're telling me that couldn't be going any better. Well, we'll see if they win games. Well, there's <laughs> that. There is that. But, but what Deion's done is he's created a great culture of accountability there, and which and Herm didn't do that. Herm no. was not about accountability, and and he holds everybody accountable. Dion does. Which you look at Dion prime time, and you don't think he's going to be a disciplinarian. And he is. He wants everyone in the same shoes, same socks, shorts. He wants everyone doing the same thing. If you're not on time, he's gonna he's gonna penalize you, and you're gonna run, and or you're gonna miss a practice, and and so that's what you want, you know. And that's something that my son Jace craved and didn't have here at ASU, and he's happy to have that there at Colorado. Yeah, there are similarities between what's going on at Colorado, Dion, obviously, with the massive turnover of that roster. They have ten he, guys left on their team. That, that's amazing. From last ten year. guys. Ten. Oh, I mean. That's, un- that's, that's unheard of. To a lesser degree, Kenny Dillingham did that in his first year. He brought in 40-some-odd transfers from outside the program. So, uh, you know, a, a, a little less of a turnover. But, it, you know, this news, this challenge, it was going to be a challenging year for Kenny Dillingham anyway. What, what do you think this does for, for his task as a head coach to kind of motivate these kids? I liked his answer. 
you know, he was put in a bad situation and it wasn't his doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a previous regime and and he's got to he's got to do the best he can with what he's got right now. And that means like you said earlier on the show as I was driving and listening to you, like create this us against the world mentality and let's go out there and let's prove that we were good enough to get into a bowl game. You know, and so he's got to like galvanize the troops and if he wants to use Ray Anderson or anybody else as the bad guys and point them and be like, "Hey, they don't care about us. They don't, you know, it's just us against the world. That's what he's got to try and create. And it's similar in a way, I think, to the Cardinals right now. Like these two programs are going to be similar this year and that it's not going to be about wins and losses as much as about creating the right culture and, and trying to get guys bought into what, what their belief is. And, you know, he, he's got a freshman quarterback that he's going to start. Yeah. So, you know, now they can kind of do it without worrying about if we are winning games or not. Obviously, you want to try and go out there and win that games. Is true. But you're trying yeah. to create this culture and develop this kid at quarterback and just build for the future. And now he has the freedom, really, to do that. That's true. It's sort of a martyr-like feel to yeah. that based on that decision. Yeah, That's definitely. true. It's a good point. I'd love to get your thoughts, Jay, too, as a guy who you know, played at Michigan, Big Ten, all the changes with these, with these conferences. It's a bittersweet feeling. This is the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. You got... Western schools joining the Big Ten. I mean, what is your thought on all this and where it's going? Well, the NCAA, you know, buried their head in the sand for so long, they created this mess. You know, I I said forever, if you created a system where you allowed players to make money on their name, image, likeness, and put it into a deferred compensation plan, where they got that money after they were done playing, that Mm -hmm. was the best model. You know, because... Now you've created a situation on teams where you have the haves and the have-nots in a college locker room, mm-hmm. you know, with 18 to 22-year-olds, you know, that aren't mature enough to handle it like an NFL locker room, a professional locker room. And when you have some guys making millions of dollars, legitimately yeah, millions, millions of dollars, of dollars yeah. Yeah. and other guys not making any money at all, yeah. that's tough for 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds mm-hmm. to handle, yeah. you know? And then they're stupid with their money. And, and you don't have this situation in place where – they can have advisors helping them make the right decisions. NFL players are stupid with their money. NBA players are stupid with their money, much less 18- and 19-year-olds. So I blame the NCAA, first of all. I think the end result is probably four super conferences, you know, and that's what you'll have. And, and then, you know, those super conferences will lead into, you know, the playoff that we have now. With I, I was told by a big-time booster who knows this stuff that Arch Manning has been offered $10 million and there's a quarterback who's been offered $13 million. Now, he wouldn't tell me who that other quarterback is, and I'm not fully immersed in the college game to know who that might be. Jaden Rashada had $13 million on the books Florida. at Florida. That's right. Oh, that's right. Until they backed up. sketchy NIL deal. That was, <laughs> that was that's right. concocted by that's some right. sophomore on campus. That's but right. still, it was, it yeah. was almost $14 wow. million. Dollars. Well, I know a kicker up in Colorado if anybody wants to get <laughs> NIL money, too. <laughs> I just, what I can't wait with all this shifting, Jay, is like the first time USC's got to go on the road to like West Lafayette late in the season and play like a 9 a.m. Pacific time <laughs> kickoff. That's what I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> is if, if USC suffers in all of this, that's basically what I'm rooting for. Well, I think USC is going to be in the hunt for the national championship this year. Do you? I do, yeah. They lost a lot. Caleb's back, though. They have a ton of talent. I don't know if you watched that San Jose Some State it, game. Yeah, but they, they got a ton yeah. of talent oh, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to they light it up. If, and they brought in a lot of transfers defensively. If they can fix the problems that they had last year defensively, look out. Jay, yep. thanks so much for coming it's in, fun, man. man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, now I get to go play some golf. Enjoy your you tea time, brother. <laughs> it's a great-looking shirt. I appreciate he, it. He does want to go. That is a great-looking shirt. He's got to work.
I get to work. <laughs> See you guys. Jared just complimented you on your oh, shirt. Oh, I said that. Jared, I like the Birkenstocks that you have on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, when I listen to Jared on the air, I picture him wearing yes. Birkenstocks. Yes. He always has them on. <laughs> Until I probably those were Chewbacca slippers. October, at least. <laughs> Chewbacca slippers. Uh, again, you can uh, catch Jay Feely on CBS this fall, working with Tom McCarthy and James Lofton. Jay, good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming See in. See you guys. A little bit of everything from Jay Feely. Um... Obviously, those that know, former uh, kicker for the Arizona Cardinals and, well, several other teams as well. Um, if you have any thoughts about the self-imposed bowl ban for ASU or or uh, Colt McCoy being cut by the Cardinals, uh, you know, I know you like the alliteration there. That's the title of the uh, podcast, if you couldn't tell. Cardinals cut Colt. <laughs> so, or any anything we've talked about, feel free to email me at bigskysportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, shoot me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Big Sky Sports Talk. Um, other pages you can like, follow, comment, and share on is uh, TikTok and uh, YouTube at Big Sky Sports Talk as well. Um, and then listening to the show. Uh, there is a change, and I'm going to try to find a way to rectify, but uh, coming soon, uh, you will not be able to listen on Stitcher. Um, so that that will be, uh, be unfortunately removed. But uh, you still have Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Um, and uh, I, th- I think that that's, that's those the main ones. A lot of you listen on iHeartRadio. I thank you for doing that. Um, that is the most listened to one I've recently found out. So that's cool. I appreciate you guys uh, listening. Uh, please hit that bell notification and, and uh, so and that way you can subscribe to it and uh, you don't miss an episode. Um, and feel free to share it on social media if you don't mind on um, any platform. Tag us in it if you like. Um, like, follow, comment, share, whatever. Uh, on any posts, get involved in the conversation, shoot an email, comment on something, uh, whatever you can do is, is greatly appreciated. And then of course, um, also appreciated going to Muya Billings or going to any Muya, but Muya Billings is, is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Um, until tomorrow, hopefully, uh, we'll be talking about a Diamondbacks win over the Dodgers. That'll be tomorrow. Thanks, guys.